0: going on, Church Voice family? Spencer Davis here, here with my co-host. Tyler Rose, what up? And we are back with another episode. Another one. Another. No, that's so inappropriate. Sorry. Anyway, no back with another episode of the Church Voice podcast, and we're excited to be with you guys. Thank you so much for listening. And um, of course, we are completely sponsored, supported, and recorded at Christian Center Church, um, South Bend, Indiana. Check us out at christiancenter.org. And of course, our mission here At the church voice podcast is building the body of christ through a variety of voices and we do that through the avenue of church history all right i know that i'm not a big reader but i do like history I like the History Channel. I like everything about history. So church history is even better. So yeah, yeah.
1: Doing this <laughs> podcast makes us read.
0: Too. I, dude, I'm telling you, I'm like, I don't know about uh, listeners. If you are learning, all right, I need you. You can't leave a comment, but leave a review and say how much <laughs> you're learning. Because yeah. I, man, I'm telling you what, I know that we're doing the podcast, but I learn every single week a little bit more about, about some church history and especially uh, church history figures. So. And actually, this week, we don't have a person, we have kind of a place, which, yeah. is, which is cool. I, yeah. think, I think it's cool to switch it up, but yeah. before we get into that, how are you doing, bro?
1: I'm doing good. Good. I dropped the girls off at the airport yeah, this they're, morning. Yeah, they're on a trip, huh? Yeah, 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 they already landed there in Florida. Nice. Enjoying nice. a place where the sun shines. Okay, yeah, and, um yeah. Yeah, this is it. Is this a normal summer here, or or does the sun just not shine this yeah, much? Yeah,
0: you get about like five good days
1: of so sunshine. frustrating. <laughs> I don't remember being this frustrated yeah, by it last you've year. You gotta
0: embrace the clouds, you know. Like if I it's, don't. If it's I reject warm, the clouds. if it's warm and a cloudy day, like just get out and do whatever you would do in the sun, because that's just how it is up yeah. here in Indiana. So. It's you know. infuriating. Yeah, but it, it, I think we got a couple more days of sunlight left, so <laughs> I'm I'm uh, I'm just I'm walking in it. I'm walking <laughs> in it.
1: <laughs> I'm Speaking of that, I'm the acclaimed. subject for today. No. Yeah, 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 yeah.
0: No. Um, How are you doing? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. I gotta I got since we've been talking about it a little bit. I gotta just I gotta give a I gotta give a snap for uh, for the Milwaukee Bucks. Yep. I gotta give a snap for them because they they pulled it off. They yep. did a good job, you know. Giannis, he, he earned it, you mm-hmm. know. He deserves it. You he know, was incredible. So, so big ups to my man, um, the whole Milwaukee Bucks team, you know, all of our all of our basketball fans out there. But yeah, I just I wanted to shout them out because I thought that was a big deal, even though my boy Chris Paul didn't get his championship, but it's okay.
1: I heard the Lakers were going to try to get him. Really. Yeah.
0: The Lakers are gonna try to get anybody. That's true. The Lakers are gonna try to get Giannis next year. And what's the frustrating La- is they've got a chance at anybody. The, yeah, the Lakers are desperate for anyone. So <laughs> anyway. Um no nothing against the Lakers, just LeBron James. Anyway, yeah, I, um
1: I used to be a Lakers fan. Really? Until yeah. he came on. Yep.
0: Oh man. All right, let's not get all into our into our dirty laws. <laughs> let's okay? not
1: get into our flesh. <laughs>
0: Um, but you know what? honestly I wanna I wanna kind of just get right into our topic for today um, after our after our shout out for the Milwaukee Bucks. <laughs> um, but let's I wanna I wanna kind of give us some time to unpack our conversation for today. So we don't really have a historical figure like we said, it's an, it's a historical place and it's actually a, a place called the Bethel Healing Home. And so we want to kind of take it all the way back to um, what is what is determined. We know, obviously, that the Holy Spirit—I mean, we're, we're Pentecostals um, or come from the Pentecostal, uh, not denomination, but expression. And so we— we know that the holy spirit has been moving since since day 1 since the original day of pentecost so let's yeah. let's put that there before we get into this actual place the holy spirit has been doing what he does from the jump but um i think what is determined as the modern birthplace of pentecostal evidence and you know what we the deem movement the movement mm-hmm. of yeah. pentecostalism um, is a place called Bethel Healing Home, and it's and this is this is pre Azusa, um, yeah. And this is actually started by a man named Charles Parham, and Charles Parham lived from 1873 to 1927, uh, and he started the school in 1900. Um, just kind of, this was like his first independent ministry. He started as a Methodist, and he went from Methodism, and he kind of. Not that he disagreed, but he didn't really jive with everything that the Methodists were doing at the time. and he 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 was more kind of into the holiness mm-hmm. um, theology and way of thinking and everything like that. And so he started this school to get back to what he called um primitive theology. So basically mm-hmm. getting back to like the book of Acts and like really grassroots, original, you know, primi- apostolic, apostolic, yeah. primitive. Um, theology, and so that's that's why he started the school, and um, and again, the school is regarded as like the birthplace mm-hmm. of modern Pentecostalism, and so that's kind of a little bit about the school. But there's some individuals that attended this school that we that we also want to highlight. And again, this was this was a place where people went who were who were having the same who were seeking that same understanding, um, and this is where you get. You know the the baptism of the Holy Spirit and and different evidences mm-hmm. that were happening in historic and I mean and again the Holy Spirit's been moving since day one, right. but historians really stamp this as like the beginning of the Pentecostal movement, mm-hmm. and so we wanted to talk about this and and a couple of the individuals who um, who really sparked uh, what what really happened mm-hmm. from from that school. To some things that happened in Houston, mm-hmm. to some things that obviously we all know of as Pentecostals, as the Azusa Street revival. Yeah. Um. But but again, this is where it all began, and one of the people that that um really sparked a lot of this movement was a woman named Lucy Farrow. Yeah. And you kind of you kind of brought up Lucy Farrow as we were studying and mm-hmm. kind of looking at this history. You brought her up, so I want you to kind of talk about her. And then maybe the, the 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 person after her or, yeah. or connected to her as well. Um, so kind of give us a little bit about mm-hmm. Lucy Farrow. We talked about Charles Parham kind of being that that point person, and then yeah. it kind of flowed to these other individuals. So right. tell us about right. Lucy Farrow.
1: Charles Parham gets a lot of credit with, um, with, with being a, a mainstay at yeah. the beginning or really sparking the modern Pentecostal movement in America. Yes. Which... It has spread all over the world. Mm-hmm. This particular brand of Pentecostalism, which you know, is is positive and negative. Yep. But Parham gets a lot of credit. In my opinion, too much credit. Too much credit. That's fair. He ends up. <laughs> I'm just gonna tell. <laughs> Don't you, air the man out. He just <laughs> he ends up doing more harm than good. In yeah, my opinion. Yeah. Yeah. I um, agree with that. As I looked at the history,
0: yeah. I, I I felt the same way. Yeah. I felt the same way. Yeah.
1: yeah. yeah. He was a troubling seemed to be a troubling man. Yeah. Um there there was some racist uh some racist dispositions yes. and things. Um it was weird because I don't want to get off in the weeds about yeah, Charles yeah. Parham, but this is so weird to me that he specifically reached out to African Americans like William Seymour and like Lucy Farrow, who we're gonna talk about, and and specifically was crossing racial barriers in order to partner with these people but then once azusa street sparks in 1908 and it's such a diverse movement yeah he gets mad at william seymour because it's a it's a diverse congregation yeah. and i I, yeah. I don't understand that
0: Yep because of because of the 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 racial integration that exactly. was happening in that exactly movement. yeah he he literally came and tried to shut it down exactly in a way. exactly yeah it's yeah. just,
1: it's, it's so odd. And he was, for, he's on record saying he was for segregation. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was a slave owner. Like yeah. all of these, it was just, yeah. it was just odd. Yeah. It was just very, very odd. <laughs> yeah. But what he should get credit for. Yeah.
0: He was also a guy who, who, uh, who believed in like Anglo Israelism.
1: Yes. Yes. Oh, yes. Man, that's, <laughs> Sorry.
0: I had to just insert that it one. It just gets thing. odd.
1: <laughs> It just gets really odd. It gets really weird. It gets yeah. it gets really odd. Um, what he should get credit for is bringing in uh, like-minded people and then sending them out. Like that's yeah. It's crazy how God uses us, even with our errors and our flaws and our sin, because Charles Parham brings in William Seymour, and uh, after Seymour is there for a while, he sends him to. To Los Angeles, Mm -hmm. and then shortly after, uh, he sends Lucy Pharaoh along with him, who he and William Seymour says, everybody says, was more mature and further along in the things of the Lord than William was. Yeah, well,
0: because Lucy Pharaoh actually... Um, connected with Seymour and got him to go to... Yeah, she was at the school first. Yeah, she, yeah. she, got, she got Seymour to go right. to the school right. in the first place. Right. Yeah.
1: And that's where that's where she says that she received the baptism in the Holy Spirit mm-hmm. and, and goes with, like I say with, just a little bit after Seymour to Los Angeles. And it's not until after she gets there that the revival sparked. Yes,
0: that's where... It, she When she came, yeah. that's where it all jumped off. That's when it, it started it, it going really, down really because,
1: really. because they started going around to people's houses in mm-hmm. the church and she would lay her hands on them and then they would begin to speak in tongues. They yeah. would be filled with the Spirit yep. and begin to speak in tongues. All sorts of stuff would mm-hmm. happen. What was so amazing as people testify to the, to the life of Lucy Farrow, one of the things to me that says that she got it right in a lot of ways. I don't think the understanding about the baptism of the Holy Spirit she got from Parham was correct. Yeah. And we're, and that's, I mean, we're going to go there later. But I think the way she practiced it mm. was was right. I agree with that. And so with that being, even if every if the language they all quite used maybe wasn't quite right in our opinion, her practice of it was. Yes. It was so acts to me. Yeah. As we yeah. were reading about it, yeah, because I remember one time, and we both actually saw this story. She goes to a, a couple; their their last name was Lee. She goes to yeah. Mister and Mrs. Lee's house. Wait, so uh-huh.
0: so actually, this is when she came to L.A. Right. So she, they they wanted her to come to L.A. so badly mm-hmm. that they took up an offering to to get her tickets to come <laughs> to L.A. And then, and then, sent the tickets, just praying that she would come. She shows up, and then, and then, this happens. And, and then, so then this ahead. happens. Yeah,
1: yeah. yeah, I didn't know the offering part. That's crazy. Yeah, yeah. So she goes to these people's house, and they had heard that she had this extraordinary gift from the Holy Spirit of laying laying her hands on people, and then they would receive him. Well, she, as soon as she walks in their house. Mr. Lee is like, down on hands and knees, please pray for us to receive the Spirit. And she looks at him and says, no. Yeah. She says, no, I only do what the Holy Spirit tells me to do. And that sparked off in Mm -hmm. me as, as yes, thank you. Exactly. It's not about just just running around trying to manufacture things, trying to make it happen. Right. When the Spirit says, do it, do it. Mm -hmm. Now, later on at dinner... Yeah as the story goes, all of a sudden she stands up, pushes her chair back, lay hands on them, and they fall out on the floor. Yep. They're speaking in tongues, yeah. and, and all of these things are happening. She would do that with people uh, in their home, in the church. Um, and near the end of her life, she actually leaves L.A. for, for a, quite a while, but then comes back near the end of her life and lives in a little cottage behind Azusa Street, mm-hmm. uh, behind the church, and it just is there and just ministers to people. Yep.
0: And, and people came to, to visit her yep. and and pray with her and, and yep. you know, receive, you know, the the wisdom and the yep. understanding that she had about these things and yeah. you know, but yeah, an amazing, amazing woman yeah. of God. And like you said, I think out of out of a lot of the and I'm not saying Seymour got it wrong, but I think out of a lot of the people in in this story, Parham, Seymour, and even even the next woman that we're gonna yeah. talk about, you know. I think I think for the most part overall she she did she got she got it right for the most. She part.
1: understands something those other guys weren't. didn't quite get. We're wanting to hit on and today. It, it was that dependence on the spirit. Yeah, it was that. It was that, and it's interesting because it it connects a little bit to our conversation from last week. That that a, a too often. In charismatic theology, we think that the Holy Spirit follows our faith, mm-hmm. rather than our faith follows in obedience to what the Spirit's yeah, already doing. Yeah,
0: she sought God; she didn't seek the gifts. Exactly, she sought God, and she didn't seek the gifts. Exactly, and I think, and I know we're gonna go there, yes. but but I think that's so that's so significant when you when you talk about an individual like that, um, and and how we should go about it. Exactly. Yeah.
1: Well, and that's a that's a perfect segue. Into uh, the other woman we were going to mention, which is Agnes Osmond, mm-hmm. who also was at the Bethel Healing Home. Yes. She was she was a, there a little before Pharaoh and Seymour. She was there in nineteen. I think she went in nineteen hundred. Okay. So she went like so. The year started. She went. Yeah. 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 Very in the very very beginning, and she was one of the more influential people to come out of it. Mm-hmm. We don't talk about her and Pharaoh enough. Right. In my opinion, no, I and I have. That. I'm guilty of that. No, I don't talk well, about them enough. When
0: you think about Azusa, and when you think about really the whole Pentecostal, it, it's either Parham or 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 yeah, that you yeah. see. But that's mm-hmm. just that's right. kind of how we write history. That's sometimes. that's
1: we tend to do that. Yeah. yeah, we tend to write women out sometimes. Yeah. We shouldn't. Um But she is often credited as being the first person to to speak in tongues. Yes. Now. We know that that's not true. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, we know now yeah. that through the the work of diligent historians that this phenomena was happening, or this experience, I don't want to say phenomena like it's a bad thing, mm-hmm. just this ex- this spiritual experience, it was happening all over yep. the world, all throughout history. All throughout history. It just was never quite as coordinated as it was from Azusa Street on out. Mm-hmm. Um that, that that was really... It's interesting. I think that was the birthplace of the movement, and the Bethel Healing Home was the birthplace of the birthplace yeah. <laughs> of, wh- <laughs> yeah, of yeah. where it all went down. Yeah. But what was so interesting was uh, she was seeking God one day. That's important. And that that was really was her testimony. She wasn't seeking tongues. Mm. She wasn't seeking the supernatural. Right. She was seeking God. Yeah. And then... Um, she was filled with the Spirit and began to speak in Chinese. Mm. And actually, after that, spoke in several different languages, Mm. and then eventually it transitioned to some new language, some spiritual language that no one knew. Yeah. And um, actually, as the story goes, she couldn't speak English for the next three days. Whoa. The the next three days after that, she would just write everything in Chinese. I mean, it's like, it's crazy. Actually, a similar thing, I'm going to go back to her in a second, A similar thing happened to Pharaoh when she went. Lucy Pharaoh when Mm -hmm. she went, she went to she went to Liberia, yeah, and she spoke to the crew people. And while she was there, had an experience in the spirit and started speaking in their language. Mm. So just these just these incredible things are happening, and uh, through her and her experience, really is what is what gave legitimacy to the idea that was already being taught that the baptism of the Holy Spirit had an initial physical evidence mm-hmm. and that it was tongues and yeah. that this was uh, distinctly a second work of the Spirit post-conversion, post-salvation, where someone, was, someone w- was filled with the Holy Spirit. And it's interesting because a few years after that, I, I listened to um, a professor, Dr. Chris Green, he was he was talking about this on a on a podcast one day. He's he's a scholar and just brilliant guy. But he was talking about this, and he said that uh, a few years later after that, re- actually it was what's interesting is it was near around the time that the Azusa Street revival started. That she was deeply grieved over the way that early Pentecostals were using her story. Mm. They were using her story to reinforce the doctrine that we just said. Uh, but she said that this, that's not how it went down. Yeah. And that's not how we should teach others that that's how it's going to go down. She said, I was seeking God and the gift came. Mm. I wasn't seeking the gift. Yeah. And and that's really where you and I want to go today is talking right. about being filled with the Spirit. Yes, the baptism of the Holy Spirit is the famous phrase. What is you know what does that mean, mm-hmm. and uh, how does that work? What's what what has been our experience with it, and what's the typical Pentecostal understanding? Because I think I think Pentecostalism at its worst is it dilutes itself into the baptism of the Holy Spirit is the the initial physical evidence of speaking in tongues. And that's it. That's how you know someone has right. it. That's what you need to seek. And once you're saved, just at some point, you just need to start seeking that. And yeah. if you don't speak in tongues, you don't have it. Right. Um, I think Pentecostalism at its best is open to the movement of the Spirit even after we're saved. Right. That there's more that we can walk into, Yeah. and that God is not done working on us. Mm-hmm. That yes, we have the Holy Spirit in in the fullest of measure. Yeah. When when a person is saved, we have the Holy Spirit indwelling us at that moment. Mm-hmm. But there's still there's still more to discover. There's still yes. more to be revealed. Yes. There's still uh, more of a mission that we can be invited into. Yeah. And at 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 some point, we have to move just from Okay, the Holy Spirit indwells me to the Holy Spirit is using me Mm. to for his mission out in the world. Right. And I'm I'm and by faith, I'm obeying what he's doing all over the world. And so that's where you and I wanted to go. I don't yeah. know how you want to direct this, yeah. First and foremost, because you keep things flowing. I just, yeah. I well, just talk until you me tell me to, to stop. Punch,
0: so I'm gonna try to keep it flowing anyway. Mm-hmm. But it, it, you know, it came from this. This conversation was sparked because we were talking about a particular modern day uh, pastor, um, and and we won't mention any names because, and it's not even that we're we're, we're even like. Speaking ill of, of right. the individual, but but this we were we were talking about a particular pastor, and we were talking about we got on the subject of something that they had said, and the statement was that the Holy Spirit is your upgrade, mm-hmm. and you were like, I don't I don't agree with that, yeah, which. You pretty much say that to about half the things that people say. <laughs> true, true, <laughs> It's like, true. I don't agree. And I was like, okay. I've got wha- the
1: spiritual gift of disagreement. Uh,
0: yes, yeah, it's a gift for sure. Um, but you back it up though. And, and so, and I was like, okay, why not? Mm-hmm. Because a part of me was like, yeah, I totally agree with that. That makes mm-hmm. total sense. Yeah. You know, but you began to break, we, 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 we started to, yeah. you know, break it down a little yeah. bit. And it's like, wait, you're kind of right. Yeah. So the way that I thought about it is okay, yeah, the Holy Spirit is an upgrade because if I have this and and this is the way I broke it down in my head yeah, yeah. initially. I said, okay, if I've got this old phone, we all I mean when we think of when we think of the word upgrade, the first thing we think of is phone. At least at least I do. Right. And so like I'm thinking, all right, I've got this I've got this old phone and there is a there's a new phone that God wants to give me. Yeah. And and so it's the it's the same phone, but it's got the upgrades. Okay, same phone, same maker, same company. Yeah. But but this phone, the 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 old phone doesn't have the capabilities of the new phone. And so I asked you. I said, okay. So how isn't it up, an upgrade? Because right. you you know you're getting you you are getting kind of a. a An upgrade, Mm -hmm. you know, but you kind of broke it down in a little bit different way. So, Mm -hmm. answer that question again for our audience, as far as like, okay, how isn't it an upgrade if if you are kind of getting more capability, I guess, out of out of your use to the Lord? I I hope I'm making sense, right? No, yeah, you're you're, you're able to do more now with with the filling of the Holy Spirit. I think that that's evident in the scriptures. Is that you know when you know you people are saved and then they're they're filled with the holy spirit and then there are things that come after that they're yeah. sent out they're commissioned they're that's that's the the they begin to be apostolic in nature you know and so that's where that comes so you're doing more right. with what you've been given and so kind of break that down a little mm-hmm. bit cuz cuz when you said it I was like oh, okay that 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 does make sense yeah <laughs> right, <laughs> right right
1: so The question that we're really getting to is uh, when a person is saved through belief in Jesus, through repentance, through all of that, how much of the Holy Spirit do they get? Yes. That's really what it comes down to. Because the the way, and even the phone analogy I think is a good one, Mm -hmm. but the way that we usually talk about the baptism of the Holy Spirit is that you have the indwelling Holy Spirit, but you get more of him. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, you get you get more ability from him, more capacity, more. It's an upgrade. Like the way, like yeah. I can see why I can see why this person said that. Yeah. Because of the typical, I, I, maybe I shouldn't even say typical, s- s- one reading that yeah. some that yeah. some Pentecostals have of the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Because of that reading, I understand why you would say upgrade. Yeah. Because. You know, I mean, I think a lot of people would say, "Well, we have the Holy Spirit," but like, when you're baptized, you like, you become a super Christian, like yeah. you, like you get something nobody else has. Right. And I think Scripture does not teach that. Yeah. I and I ahead. think
0: so many times we do think of it as a new phone. We do. It like, go ahead. Sorry, yeah. I don't want to beat you to. No, the church, you're good. But, but that's like, and and I I admit that you know, and and again, I can't speak for the masses here, but I think right. oftentimes. When we think of upgrade, yeah, we think about a new phone. We think yeah. about something new or something yes. separate from what we mm-hmm. already have. Yeah. And I think that's that's what we want to kind of break yes. down a little bit today yes. because it's it's not separate from right. what you and that's exactly what you're saying. Right. It's not separate from what you already have.
1: Exactly. We think that we're getting something else. Something yes. extra. I yes. think that is a good way something yeah. extra. But the, the scripture teaches that when we're when we're born again we are born of the holy spirit mm. the holy spirit lives inside of us that the holy spirit has made us new has transferred us into the kingdom of of light and out of the kingdom of darkness that we are children of god we are we've been adopted and now our spirits cry out within us abba abba yeah. so it isn't that the baptism of the holy spirit is is more or extra but it is the unveiling and the revelation of what's already there mm. that it's it's it is it is another work of grace. I think I can it's a work of grace along with salvation mm-hmm. that continues forming us into the image of Jesus by the Holy Spirit. Yeah. So I think if we go with the phone analogy, yeah. So the difference isn't in the phone, the difference is in me mm. and in you. Right. That it's not I get a new phone, or it's even. I know you and I even talked about. It. Well, is it an update? Yeah, that's, <laughs> it, that was my is next. Is it the thing? newest okay, iOS? Okay,
0: I, get, I get it's not a new phone, but what if it's just an update to the software? Right, you and, know. And I
1: don't think it's that either. Yeah. I think when we're saved, I think we have all of the Holy mm. Spirit we could possibly get. Yeah, all of it. Yeah. And I think the so Holy. You're
0: saying the phone is fully functioning. The phone at its best is fully functional. Already. It is the brand yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. new whatever new phone mm. Apple's put out now. Mm. It's the brand new phone. It's, it's everything it could possibly be. Yeah. There is no lack in the phone. Mm-hmm. But what happens is that we, we begin to be open, truly open, and understand to what this phone can actually do. Yeah. Like, what is the mission that this phone has? Yeah. I don't know if phones have <laughs> missions. But what, really, what can this thing do, and yeah. how am I supposed to use it? Yeah and really with the holy spirit how is it going to use me right right <laughs> that's where the phone analogy yeah. breaks down yeah. the but phone the phone the mission of a phone is to ruin my <laughs> life <laughs> but that's really what's that's really what's going on there and i think we get into very dangerous territory mm. when we start talking about it in other ways as if it is something else or something extra it's that it's that no that we we really begin to be used by the spirit in ways that we haven't been used. Yeah. Spirit's been there the whole time. Right. But it's and I even struggle to call it a completely separate work of grace mm-hmm. from salvation mm-hmm. because I think it's still pushing us further into what this salvation looks like. Like right. okay, I am saved. How do I live saved? Mm. And like what what is it what Kind of imprint mm-hmm. is the Holy Spirit using me to 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 leave on the world yeah and i think I think one of the evidences to this kind of understanding is let's just take the book of Acts, mm-hmm. even though actually you know what we can go the whole scripture yeah because I in studying for this, yeah. I went through every single scripture yeah that that said that had the phrase filled with the spirit, yeah there is not one instance. Old Testament or New, where the Scripture uses the phrase that someone was filled with the Spirit, but that they weren't filled for a certain purpose. Mm. Every single time it says they were filled with the Spirit and this. Yes. And there was some sort of task, some sort of call, some sort of mission that they immediately went into Mm. right after they were filled with the Spirit. Mm. It's interesting, I mean... You look at Luke one, the first time in the New Testament, someone is filled with the Spirit. It's Elizabeth because mm. she's prophesied over that that John the Baptist in her womb is going to be filled with the Spirit in her womb. Yeah, <laughs> so she's filled with the Spirit yeah. to better fulfill the call of of bearing and raising John. John is filled with the Spirit as the forerunner for the Messiah Jesus. Uh, uh, John's dad. What's John's dad's name? Zechariah. Zechariah. There you go. Come on now. There you go. I you know on my, it, man? That's I what know I'm my talking Bible about. today. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he's filled with the Spirit and begins to prophesy. Yeah. Uh, Jesus is full of the Holy Spirit, leaving the baptism, going into the wilderness to be tempted. He passes that. He comes back in the power of the Spirit to the city and begins to heal and to deliver and to restore. What if and... Jesus
0: was speaking in tongues?
1: I don't know. I, I mean, we never see it. I mean, I'm I don't. Kidding. Kidding. I, yeah, I don't know. And that's one of the arguments against speaking in tongues. Yeah. But we don't have to get into all that. But then we get to the book of Acts, and up in the upper room, they are filled with the Spirit.
0: Wait, you missed a group. Because this is what got me. Sorry, I don't mean to uh-huh. cut you off. No, you but good. This is what got me when we were talking is when you brought up the disciples.
1: The disciples. Yeah, sorry. You mm-hmm. were going you were going yeah.
0: to the to the, the the part that I wanted to hit on before. So like mm-hmm. you talked about the disciples yeah. before Jesus departed.
1: Oh, John twenty. Yes. Mm-hmm. Before Jesus, yeah. before
0: Jesus ascended into heaven. Yeah.
1: Yeah, in John, he's giving he's giving the disciples some final instructions yeah. in John twenty. And what's interesting about it is that in John twenty twenty four, uh, he he looks at them and he says, "Receive the Holy Spirit," and then he breathes on them, mm. and then that's all, that's it. Yeah. Like I think he might continue talking and talk about the peace that he's leaving with them, and and stuff like that. But he breathes on them and says, "Receive the Holy Spirit," mm. and then a little while later in the upper room yeah, yeah, is yeah. is is where they're filled. Right. So it's just, it's interesting to me when we begin to look at that, and I don't think we can say that the disciples were saved up in the upper room. Mm. I don't think, because there's some who say that the baptism of the Spirit, like, it is salvation. Got like, you. it is, it's that work, and yeah. it's not separate at all. Yeah. and like that's
0: the evidence that you really believe in Jesus. Correct. Yeah, yeah, correct, yeah. Correct. That
1: this is just the way salvation happened for them, because the Holy Spirit wanted to do something in Jerusalem because there's all these Jews from all these different Mm -hmm. places and they all hear, you know, they all hear the disciples praising God and preaching the gospel in their own language. They hear these incredible things and then, and they get saved. So they just say, well, that's just kind of how it happened because the disciples were getting saved. I don't know that you can say that. Yeah. I don't know that you can say that because of the way because of the way it happens in John twenty, really at the end of every gospel, right? You're you're seeing them, you're seeing them believe in Jesus at that point, mm-hmm. and then it seems to be that when they're filled with the Spirit, something else is going yeah. on. You
0: said that like, well, the scripture says that they received power. Mm-hmm. You know, what, that's Acts one eight. Yeah, well, because he said, mm-hmm. go and wait in, until you receive power,
1: right, from on high. Exactly. Right? Is that what it says. That's what it says.
0: You know, so that's. And that speaks to exactly what you're saying, as far as this this gift of the Holy Spirit being tied to the purpose, or tied exactly. to an assignment, or mm-hmm. tied to to something. Because again, I mean, I think all of our, our purpose as a as a Christian overall mm-hmm. is to proclaim the gospel, right? You know what I'm saying? Is to preach the gospel to all nations. You know, and like so, there's that is so it is for everybody, right? But the the baptism is in connection to that
1: exactly. Yeah, it's power for service exactly. Like that's the point that that's the point that we're trying to make. Mm-hmm. So then now we go to the upper room, they they are filled with the Spirit. It's interesting. The language is not used that they're baptized. Yeah. The language is that they're filled with the Spirit. Yeah. Now, I, I mean, do I think baptism happened? Well, yeah, mm-hmm. but it says that they're filled with the Spirit, and then. They, they immediately, Peter preaches the sermon, and all these people get saved, and then they're devoting themselves to the apostles' teaching. The church is growing. Signs and wonders are happening. We get the healing at the gate called Beautiful of the Lame Man. Yeah. And then we get persecution. Yep. And what's so interesting about that is after the persecution in, uh, in chapter 3 and 4, Peter and John come back to the church, and they're, they're sharing what happened. And they're glorifying God yeah. <laughs> through yeah. through them being threatened. Right. Don't preach in the name of Jesus anymore. Yeah. And and then the whole church comes together and they pray this beautiful prayer of boldness. Mm. And then after that, the scripture says that the whole place shook yep. and everyone there was filled with the Spirit. Mm. It's like well, but I but I thought they just were. <laughs> yeah. In Acts two, mm. you're telling me Peter and John are there. The rest of the disciples, the church are there, and everybody there is filled with the Spirit again. Mm. And there's this... And then when they're filled with the Spirit, they immediately leave again, and more miracles are happening. The gospel is spreading out even more. Now they're being led by the Spirit into different territories, different cities, different places. Persecution is ramping up. But so so are the salvations that are happening for... Uh, for the church, the church is exploding in this season, mm-hmm. and there's. It's interesting that every single time the phrase "and they were filled with the Spirit" happens in the Book of Acts, it's somebody who's saved. Yep. Every single time. Yep. It's. It is somebody who has already experienced that the belief in Jesus, the forgiveness of sin, the newness of life in the Spirit. E- you know, eternal life is in them. Mm-hmm. Like all these things have already happened. Yeah. It says it of Peter and John multiple times that they're filled with the spirit. And it was interesting because you and I were talking about our personal experience. Yeah. You then said after we talked about this, you said, "Well, did I res- did I was I filled with the spirit when I spoke in tongues or was I filled with the spirit at a different time?" Yeah. And I said, "I think the question that we need to ask ourselves is this: filled with the spirit for what?" Right. For right. what? Right. Because we don't we don't always every time this language filled with the Holy Spirit happens, we don't see tongues in every scenario. Yeah. We see them in most of them.
0: Most of them, Because yeah. we don't want to deny that.
1: Yep. We also see prophecy. Mm-hmm. We see declaring the greatness of God. Yeah. Uh, we see praising God. Yeah. We see evangelism. Mm-hmm. We see love. We see breaking down ethnic and social barriers. We see healing. Like, we see all these things happen. What we see is the kingdom of God invading earth. Yeah. That's what we see. Yep. Yeah. More than anything. More than anything. Yeah. That's what we see. Yeah. And and when we break it all the way down to, well, did someone speak in tongues or not, I think we tread on on dangerous ground right. as to whether or not someone's been filled with the Spirit, whether they've been baptized in the Spirit in the kingdom of God. I think we narrow it too much when yeah. we take that understanding Parham had yeah. and taught. And you, you said, and I, I agree with this, but I want to let you share about your experience, mm-hmm. that that asking yourself the question, okay... Filled, filled with the spirit. For what? Yeah, yeah. You, it really set something off in you yeah. as to when you really felt like you got a hold yeah. of this.
0: Well, because I, I, that was my question. Was like, okay, like in that moment, because it, and just to give to give some context, and I don't want to get into my whole testimony, but there was a singular moment that that propelled me to the place that I am right now, and this was a moment. Apart from a corporate gathering, this was a moment apart from really any individual. No one laid hands on me. And so my question became, okay, because I, I've stamped it as, you know, in the past, even pre this pre our conversation, I said, okay, that's when I was filled with the Spirit. And so I, and I asked you that day, I said, okay, so with my experience, like, was I filled, you know, like, would you say... Was I, I was filled with the Holy Spirit, and you asked me that question uh, to do what? And you said it was deep because you were like, because I said, you know, and I, I received, I received power, mm-hmm. and you were like, power to do what? Mm-hmm. And um, and just to again give a little bit of context, you know, I got saved at a young age, and when you when you say, okay, you get saved, and the Holy Spirit is is in you fully, right? And I think we've all experienced this to a certain extent. It's like, and and we're not saying the once saved, always saved type type theology. Again, we don't have to get all into that. But there is something to be said about the Holy Spirit's work in you, yeah. leading you to your your place and your potential and your purpose or whatever. And like, so I was saved at a young age, and obviously my my behavior, my decisions. All the way, you know, led me to this point and to this moment. But here's the thing: the Holy Spirit was so moving in my life even before this moment, e- even in 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 private times of worship, where I I'd leave a party or 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 doing whatever with my friends or what like whatever. And I don't want to get into all that. We don't want to praise that sin. But like doing whatever, and I would sit in my car and just and just weep in the presence of God because of what I, and so like the spirit was moving, but yet I was not filled with power to, to really do anything about it. But this singular moment on my couch by myself, you know, I, I was in my normal routine, you know, of, of worldliness, if you will, and like I turned on some music and the whole, and the spirit just fell on me. And like, and I was completely undone. I lost all my appetite for smoking, drinking, sex, porn, all, all of it. I was, I was done. And I knew that I, and and like, and I don't want to get into everything that the Lord spoke to me, but I knew that I was called to preach the gospel. I knew that I was called to to minister to to my generation. I knew that I was called to be a preacher. And so, and at that point, I mean, it was within a week. I I left. I, I was in Florida I'm, I'm from here in South Bend I left Florida and it with like 150 dollars in my pocket not having a plan but I knew I had to come home because I was I, I needed to come home and, and I'm called to preach I don't I don't know yeah. what else to do other than that but I had that commission I had that that you know that apostolic call I guess yeah. it, it, it just felt that way and uh, and I knew I had the power to do it because here's the thing. I then had the power to stop doing everything that I was doing mm-hmm. that was apart from God. Mm-hmm. And so like that's where the question became because I believed that that was where I received the Holy Spirit. That's yeah. where the Holy Spirit fell upon me. Yeah. And 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 don't me wrong, that instance I did not speak in tongues. Mm-hmm. I was I cried for an hour and a half like I was just arrested in the spirit. And like I didn't speak in tongues. And I had tried to speak in tongues in my youth and before that, but but then after that experience, sometime after that, as I began to pray in the spirit, as I began to seek God, the spirit began to move in that way. And I did begin to speak in tongues and pray that way and 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 even have interpretations and you know whatever. And so those things did happen, but it didn't yeah. happen in that moment. Yeah. And so the 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 question for me was like, okay, was I filled with the Spirit? Was that when the Spirit fe- came upon me? Mm-hmm. And I believe that it was per our conversation. And so we're just we, you know we're having this conversation because it's a conversation to be had. Yeah. You know because uh, I think I think a lot of people are experiencing that, and and especially if if we say you're 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 not saved or you don't really belong to God until you speak in tongues when 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 I knew in my car crying by my no one knew this private life of worship that I had. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but i I knew I knew that I belonged to God. i just I just didn't know how to walk with him. yeah. And so like, but after that moment, I knew how. Yeah. And I knew how not, 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 not by my own strength, mm-hmm. but by the, by the strength that he had given me in that moment. Yeah. And so it, it, that, was, that was my experience, and so that's where the question becomes.
1: Right. Exactly. To me, that's what it means to be filled with the Spirit. Yeah. That's what we can look for. Is tongues and evidence? Yes, absolutely. We shouldn't forsake speaking in tongues. We shouldn't forsake... Allowing that when we're discerning where we are or where someone is, allowing that to be one of the evidences that we that we look at. But there's so many people who don't believe that they're full of the Holy Spirit mm. because they haven't spoken tongues. Yeah, they they may not say this, and 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 other Pentecostals may not say this to them, but they feel less than mm. because they've never had that experience. Well, they're
0: not walking they're not walking in that they're exactly not, they're not walking in their purpose or even in the power of the Holy Spirit because they don't feel like they're filled even and here's the deep part because I've had this I've had this mm-hmm. experience with people even if they sense a certain gifting say you're gifted in the prophetic and you get a you get a vision but you're like wait I'm not filled with the Holy Spirit I can't <laughs> you know I I that's right that's not from God or that you know right. or I can't I can't share that or I can't walk in that or function in that Mm -hmm. and it's like you know but people are stuck because because they do feel that way yes you know
1: exactly no it's exactly right that we keep expecting something on the outside to happen so this this thing on the out this force on the outside Mm -hmm. you know moves upon us and then we speak in tongues and then we're able to do yeah what it is that we need to do and I i don't think that that's how it happens when it talks about the holy spirit Coming on a person, or them receiving, or them being filled with it—it's—it's it's not that there's a lack, but this is just metaphorical language to describe the work of the Holy Spirit, yeah. the power that is welling up from yeah. within the indwelling Holy Spirit, yeah. from within us. Yeah. The, the 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 well of living water is springing up from mm. within us, and it's compelling us yeah. to the mission of God yeah. to to advance the kingdom yeah. of God to. To, to heal the hurting and 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 to uh, deliver the oppressed like all of these yeah. things like that's really what the holy Spirit is is doing and i I think one of the ways that we see uh the negative side of the the view of the baptism of the Holy Spirit, the initial physical evidence part, the outside in part, not mm-hmm. inside out right. the outside in understanding is I think the way in which we try to set up our church services mm that I think for a lot of us, I know for me, I'm still struggling with this understanding. And I don't have absolute clarity on it at all. I don't even have I don't even have absolute we, clarity yeah, on what hey, the baptism of the Holy Spirit is. Hey. I'm just telling you <laughs> that the, the scripture doesn't say what we often say it does. Yeah. But one of the ways that we see this happening is our goal as Pentecostal ministers is to set up an atmosphere where the Holy Spirit feels free to move. So that when people come in, they can they can experience him and because they're here in this building and because we're, I guess, worshiping in a certain way, I mean once we can des- once we begin to describe it, I don't I don't really know what it is that we do. Yeah. And then we try to come up to the altar and we we try to make something happen on the outside. Mm-hmm. The Holy Spirit's gonna come on you, you know, the whole Benny Hinn, I'm gonna hit you with a jacket and the Holy Spirit's <laughs> gonna come on you in that way. And that's just don't you talk about <laughs> it? I'm just kidding. That's just not. That's just it's not the language of Scripture. It's yeah. it's not the way that these things is. That it's inside out, mm-hmm. not outside in. Someone who isn't filled with the Holy Spirit, who isn't living the missional life, who doesn't have power, mm-hmm. that person doesn't have less of the Spirit than anyone else. Right. They they haven't been uh, brought into this 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 second work yet. yeah and again second work i don't i don't love that phrase right. but still this second experience this second initiative mm-hmm. that at some point i believe all of us all believers should move from just simply having the indwelling holy spirit mm-hmm. to moving from again the spirit within us moving us and compelling us in power right. to reach a dying world yeah that at some point we need to just go from being moved to moving. Mm, and I think, that that's that's, I think that that's where this feeling of the Holy Spirit happens. Yeah. And I think one thing we do is we take the phrase filled with the Spirit, we take the phrase the baptism of the Holy Spirit, and we take the phrase receiving the gift of the Holy Spirit, and we make them all the same all mm-hmm. the time. Mm-hmm. Are there instances when those phrases are interchangeable? Yes, there is. Mm -hmm. There's also times when they're not, and they're meaning different things in different stories. Mm -hmm. Specifically, one great example to me is 1 Corinthians 12, where where Paul says, this is uh, 12, verse 12 and 13, "'For just as the body is one and has many parts, and all the parts of that body, though many, are one body, so also is Christ.'" For we were all baptized in one spirit, mm. into one body, whether Jews or Greeks, whether slaves or free, and we were all given one spirit to drink of. yeah, so again, to me, that hits on on both of these understandings. Number right. one, the baptism in the Holy Spirit with the Holy Spirit, whatever however we translate that phrase or however it's used, it doesn't only apply to this second work, this mm. power experience. Mm-hmm. That that's clearly talking about salvation. Yeah. We've been brought into the body of Christ, grafted in by the Spirit. But then he also says we've all been given one spirit to drink of. Mm. So someone moving in power and someone not moving in power, they're still drinking of the same spirit. Yeah. It's just that this new work hasn't taken root yet. Yeah. And I think there's a variety of reasons for that. Yeah. There's so many different reasons why someone hasn't started moving in power yet. Some of it is that they haven't been called yet. Yeah. Some of it is that... Whether it's it's a sin or whether it's a misunderstanding, and I think this one initial physical evidence understanding of the Holy Spirit, I think, is one mm. of the hindrances yeah. to people moving in power because they're not they're not quite sure. Mm. And then I'll say this too, and I I do not mean to be mean or rude. With what I'm about to say, I know a lot of people who speak in tongues. Mm. And that a lot of those people, I don't even—I'm not sure they're saved. Yeah, I see no fruit of the spirit. Yeah, I see no mission. Uh, they're divisive and destructive, mm. and yet because they speak in tongues, we say, "Yeah, they got it." Yeah. I don't know why they act the way they do, but they got it. And yeah. I'm like, "It can't be that. It can't. It can't, it can't. be that.
0: It can't." Because it's not the fruit.
1: Because it's not the fruit. Yeah, it's not the fruit. Yeah. I would be more inclined to say not. And this isn't always how it happens. But I would be more inclined to say, if someone shows me the fruit and they show me the power, I would be more inclined to say that person is filled with the Spirit, has experienced this second work, Mm -hmm. than someone who speaks in tongues, but I see none of the other stuff. Right, right. And I I think that that's something we've got to be more discerning. I think we want to make it easy and Mm -hmm. clear and be able to tell people for sure or not for sure. Yeah. You know, if, if they're filled with the Holy Spirit and if they're doing what they're supposed to be yeah. doing. But I think that oversimplification can sometimes bite us. Yeah.
0: Well, because I, you know, and again, just going back to, to my, my story, like, I didn't even have a name for it. Like, I, mm-hmm. you know, but I just, I knew that I was changed in a way that I wasn't before. Mm-hmm. You know, and like, but it, that's that's the goal. And like, and, and to lead people in into that. Yeah. You know, like prayerfully, yes, like speaking in tongues is great, but like, you know, whether you prophesy or whether you have boldness or whether you, you know, you have you have confidence in the Lord or you've got the gift of faith, whatever it is, the Holy Spirit moves in so many different mm-hmm. ways. I mean, not like a slew of ways, but right. like, you know, we, we know the listing yeah. in the right. scriptures right. of how the Spirit moves. And if you see that evidence, but most of all, you have to see the fruit, mm-hmm. you know, like I I couldn't I couldn't treat people the same anymore, mm-hmm. you know, and like that's an evidence, you know what I'm saying? Like that's love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, f- faithfulness, and self control. I, I think I might have said one twice, but <laughs> but like but that's that's the fruit of the Holy Spirit. So yes, you've got the gift, but you but if you have the gift and not the fruit. What do you have? Right. You know what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. Like if it's not if it's not overflowing in, yeah. in your treatment of everyone. Right. Then then what do you have? Right. You know. And if it's not compelling you, mm-hmm. com- like they received the Holy Spirit and they immediately went to the streets. Yeah. And like and yes, they started speaking in tongues. Because that's what the, that's what the moment demanded, right? Because of the amount of people who were in Jerusalem from all over the place, right? You know, and and yes, there's a there's a, a portion of the you know heavenly language and everything like that. We right. see that, but but again, com, being compelled to to move and to yes. go and to have movement, like you said, I, yeah. I just I love what you said. Yeah, you know, but but I think uh, overall, getting back to the point that that. Um, Agnes Osmond made is is seeking God. Seek God. Seek God, yes. not the gifts. Yes. And the gifts will follow. Yes. The gifts will follow in seeking God. And here's the thing: we don't have
1: to force it or yeah. manufacture it. And we don't They'll
0: have, come. We don't have to. We don't have to. Like yes. It's it's great when when we can identify that someone is filled with the Holy Spirit. We, we don't have to stamp <laughs> stamp everything on the forehead and say, "Yes, you're filled with the Holy right. Spirit." You know, just because you're speaking in tongues or everything like that. But it's it's a matter of seeking God. Mm-hmm. Seeking God is the absolute key and 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 again, kind of like the healing conversation we had last week, it's not even being filled with the Holy Spirit is not just for you to be filled with Holy exactly, Spirit. it's that's it's, the point. It's for the it's for the restoration of the world. Exactly, and for you to be a part of that. Exactly, and for you to have power in that, and for you to ha- know how to use the phone. <laughs> you right, know what I'm saying like like you said, going back to the phone analogy, it's an unveiling. Yeah, it's a th- there's nothing wrong with the phone. It's brand new, fully mm-hmm. up, fully updated, the brand new upgrade. It's it's the same God, same name of Jesus. You just you 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 get you get to. You get to know how to use it now. Mm-hmm. You, it, that the the full capacity mm-hmm. is unveiled to you. The mm-hmm. full capacity of God is is already in you, but now it's unveiled to you mm-hmm. um, for for God to be able to to use that in you.
1: Yeah, I I think, and and we can. I know we'll have to finish up soon. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I want to read what Frank Machia said. I shared this with you. To me, this perfectly describes what we're trying to say yeah. using language we, that's so not, much more clear. Yeah,
0: we're not like, yeah, we're not the theologians no. of the conversation, no. but I think it's just a, a present conversation to yeah. have. It really is. Yeah,
1: just to, to draw us back to okay, let's not just simply go with the understandings yeah. that have been h- handed yeah. down through time. Let's, what does the text say? Yes. And, and how should we understand? Yeah. Let a professional things. speak to it. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> so Frank Machia, he is a Pentecostal theologian, does a lot of great work, but yeah. one of the main things he writes about is, is being baptized in the Spirit, and he talks about it. Why I love it so much is he talks about it in every way that the Scripture uses mm-hmm. it, that it's not just the one way. Sometimes some Pentecostals try to pigeonhole it into one definition. He mm-hmm. talks about it in a a wide ranging of ways. So this is from his book, Baptized in the Spirit. And I wanted to say this. It's in chapter 6. Here's the title. This is provocative, man. I love love this title. It's Spirit Baptism, Love, Second Conversion. Mm. And those of us who have experienced this, this feeling of the Holy Spirit that's what it feels like. It feels I, like getting saved all I, over again.
0: That, uh, look, all I'm going to say is that, that moment, that's yes. That's what that was. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah.
1: So this is what he says. He says, in spirit baptism, God does not simply give us something or some spiritual gift or benefit. God gives himself. Mm. I love that. <sighs> he gives himself. That's the power we're receiving. Yeah. It's not some supernatural force. God himself is, is giving himself to mm. us. Spirit baptism is God's self gift as all embracing love. The transcendent God is also personal and communicative. Just as the God of Jesus Christ gave without reservation in the incarnation, so at Pentecost God has given all that God is. Hmm. The God of Pentecost self imparts in abundance and limitless expanse in witness to Christ. That's important reaching out to all flesh in forces of liberation, reconciliation, and communion. What is self-imparted is divine love, a love that bears all things, including our sin, sorrow, and death. The God of spirit baptism is the crucified God. The self-giving God of spirit baptism produces a self-giving people in mission. The God who seeks to save the lost produces a people who do the same. To love God is to be shaped by that love, so as to share its affections and its passions. To me, he beautifully describes what it means to be spirit baptized, what it means to be filled with the Holy Spirit. That it is the unveiling of how we're filled with God Himself, and it is it is God's God imparting to us His Spirit, His self-giving Spirit so that we will be self-giving people mm. and Im- impart to others what we have received from him. So we're not Im- we are giving of ourselves, but we're not imparting ourselves. We're imparting the Spirit, which is why it's so important that these kinds of things most often happen in community, yeah. that, that they, are, they are fostered in moments of impartation, where the—like the, Peter and John going to Samaria in Acts 8— after they had received the gospel, after they had believed, after they had been baptized in the name of Jesus. They go, they lay their hands on them, and they receive the gift of the Holy Spirit there. So we the biggest mark, Frank is is saying it, and this is what you and I are trying to put language to. <laughs> the biggest mark of being filled with the Spirit is me giving myself over to his mission. Because he gave himself for me, yeah, and that—that that is, it is motivated by love, and it's operated with power.
0: Mm. That's so good. That's so good. We're gonna let Frank in the episode with that. <laughs> We're gonna let
1: Frank drop the
0: mic. <laughs> Go ahead, Frank. Um, but listen, we love you guys so much, and thank you for listening to this episode. We pray that it was an encouragement for you. We pray that you would be filled with the Spirit, that you would walk in that power and in that gifting and in everything that God has purposed for you, for His kingdom, and for this world, and that's that's our mission. That's what we gotta do. And so be encouraged, be empowered, be inspired. And um, we will see you in the next episode. Be sure to follow us at Church Voice Podcast on Instagram and Facebook. And listen, if you love it, leave a review. We'll see you next time.
1: Peace out, y'all. Peace.